0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Survivors United. Today, we'll be talking with 21-year-old Emily Erickson from Santa Cruz, California, and she will be telling us all about her battle with acute myeloid leukemia.
1: Hey, can you hear me okay? Yeah, hi. So, um, it's just kind
0: of get talking um like i said when i texted you your mom kind of gave me your info yeah it's kind of like yeah you know my daughter was interested so like bring her on let's do it <laughs> so um just kind of introduce like okay um, your name how old are you you know do you have any siblings are where are you from basic you know, stuff like that
1: yeah okay um hi easy easy stuff to easy start stuff. off with right <laughs> Um, My name is Emily Erickson. I am from Santa Cruz, California. Um, I am currently an architecture student at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Um, I'm in my fourth year there. I'm 21 years old. I have two brothers, one older and one younger. And I live with my mom and dad and my grandma. And I have a well. I mean, he's technically my brother's dog, but he's the love of my life. My dog Willis. Um, I don't
0: know. Like what first, else. Real, like first Willis, right?
1: Of course, yeah, first Willis <laughs> and everyone else. Um, I don't know what else to explain about myself. I'm currently living um, in Cayucas, California and looking out on the beach right now. So that's a lovely thing. Ooh, very jealous. It's fantastic. I am so grateful. And um, yeah, I'm starting school in about a week. And I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or not. (laughs) Isn't
0: that (laughs) every college student, though? Yeah. Yeah. I started almost four weeks ago. And I'm like, can I be done yet? Like, Oh, I know. And I'm just now a second semester freshman, and I'm like, oh, can I be done?
1: Yeah. Like, are we done yet? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you know, the podcast is called Survivors United. You know, <laughs> um, it's kind of basically what we do is talk about the good, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, everything that has to come with being a childhood cancer survivor. Yeah. You know, um, the good times that we remember, that we try to remember most, you know, of Mm -hmm. course, what we remember because, you know, Mm -hmm. chemo brain. And, uh, (laughs) you know, then you have like the harder times where you wish you could forget, but it's like it's burned in the back of your brain. Yeah. And just kind of like if there's any type of like side effects from treatment, because a lot of people have them, you know, there's. It seems like a lot of people have a lot of lifelong life. They're just growing. They're just really rough. So uh, let's dive into some questions. It. Do what? Okay. So uh, okay. how old were you? I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was just going to say I thought I disconnected for a second. But um, I was 10 years old when I was first diagnosed.
0: And uh, what was your diagnosis?
1: AML leukemia, so acute myeloid leukemia. Gotcha. And about how long was your treatment? Um, So I had, you know, two s- s- times of it because I had a relapse. So I'd say two years, all in all. Oh, okay, wow.
0: Because, yeah, I know AML and ALL have different kind of, like, time frames for treatment. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Uh, I have another friend who I'm having on later in the series. Um, she had leukemia as well. And her treatment was about six months, I believe. Whoa. I know. I'm like, uh, I had a year and a half. How does that equal out? Now, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have leukemia. But, yeah, I'm like, how, is, how does that equal
1: out? <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, what about that?
0: Yeah, that's that's not fair. <laughs> But um, so we've kind of touched on a little bit more cancer questions. But are you in active treatment or are you a survivor?
1: A survivor, 10 years this February.
0: Wow, congratulations! Thank you. Um, If you could, this one, I love this question. I've had, I actually had my dad think of this. If you could go back and tell yourself one thing from when you were in treatment, what would it be?
1: Oh, geez, that's a. Hmm. That's a really good question. Also, if I
0: lose you, sorry about that. My uh, power is flickering, so I may or may not lose you. Hopefully, we can get through this, but if not, that's okay. Yeah, I'm right outside of Memphis. I'm in a small city in Tennessee.
1: Gotta love it. I love Tennessee. The time I spent there was real fun. Um, Okay, that question that is a hard question but you know to be honest I don't know if I would listen to whatever anyone had to say because you know like I don't know about you but whenever like my parents would say like it's going to be okay like we're, or you'll make it through till tomorrow or just like focus on what you can do today um, I didn't let much in I just was like okay whatever I was uh, the same way
0: I, I was like any type of positivity I was like <laughs> You're kidding me. You're yeah. trying to and tell me it's going to be okay, stay positive. Or my favorite was, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, yeah. Like, really? There's no tunnel. <laughs> you know, like, there's torture. It's a torture chamber,
1: but... Yeah, I wasn't necessarily um, pessimistic. I just, what people would tell me, I'd be like, okay, that, you know, like, it doesn't make a di- difference, you know? Um. Yeah. Definitely, I would more listen to people when they would be like, "Okay, this is gonna really suck um, and be absolutely terrible," but you're stronger than that. Like I'd listen to that, so I guess that's what I tell myself. I tell myself that it's gonna be pretty. I I don't want to swear. Um,
0: you're okay if you do. Most uh, listeners know that. We're young adults, so I would say if you want to,
1: you're good. Okay, yeah. so be, I was—I would tell myself it's going to be pretty fucking shitty, uh, yeah. but you're going to be- Fair enough. All- Fair enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that I wish someone would have told me, because a lot of people were like, yeah, it's going to be rough, but you'll get through it.
1: And
0: yeah. I get that. But you don't know that, like, you can't hand me a statistic card that says, hey, you have a 85% chance of beating this. No, my statistic was 20% of survival over the course of five years. So I did not get the best benefit
1: of the doubt. I'm pretty sure yeah. I had like a similar statistic. It was something very not great.
0: Yeah. I'm like, you can't tell me that I'm going to be killing it in five years when you're telling me that I'm going to be more likely dead. Like, yeah. you just can't, you know. It's, so, hard to
1: take, it's hard to take that from someone who has no idea. Like, it, it yes. feels nice. And, it you know, I I really appreciate when everyone was like, send me love and everything. But, like, I, I couldn't take that to heart because yeah. they had no idea. Yeah.
0: Like, don't get me wrong, I truly appreciated the people who were very sweet and loving and giving me the kind words or bringing me food or anything like that, really taking care of me and my family. But it's like, you don't know what it's like day to day. Mm Mm-hmm. We're in the hospital, in the hospital room, or in my house every waking hour of the day. Yeah, you know, especially during treatment, like, man, there were so many times that people were like, it's gonna be okay. I'm like, I somewhat believe you. But please quit telling me I'm gonna be fine. When you don't see me literally dying. Yeah. Um, what were some of your symptoms leading up to your cancer diagnosis? Like, do you remember kind of what things were like pre diagnosis kind of? Trying to yeah. figure
1: out why you were so sick? So pre-diagnosis, um, like like pre-even being sick, I was a, like a pretty active kid. Um, yeah. I did a lot of soccer and, um, I don't know, always running after or from my brothers. and <laughs> I understand um, that. And so I was always like falling down obviously, like, you know, like, when you mess around, you're gonna get hurt, right? Yeah. Um, But then I started, like, just bruising really easily. And so I'd have bruises, I had bruises everywhere. And that was even before I like, started feeling bad. I just had a bunch of bruises, which I I mean, I just kind of looked back, like, past it, because I spent more time on like monkey bars. So I was like, Oh, it's, that's fine. I'm just, you know, getting hit. Um, but then I, for good, I don't know if it was two or three weeks, I was like sick, 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 where I I wouldn't, I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't keep it down, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, that was, that went on for like a few weeks and I had, my history was like, I'd never got sick, right? Like as a kid, I was pretty, like I bounced back from most things, Um but I wasn't bouncing back. And so my parents took me into my regular um, pediatrician. And then they're like, oh no, it's fine. It's probably just the flu. Uh, take her home, give her, you know, like all the the regular stuff. And so my parents took me home, but they were like, something's up. So like a week later they took me into the ER and they did a blood test and my um, my white blood cell counts were off the roof. And so they're like, oh, and so then they rushed me to uh, Lucille Pack. Well, now it's Stanford Children's Hospital, but it was Lucille Packer Children's Hospital when I started. Wow,
0: that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you have some siblings. How mm-hmm. did they feel when they heard that
1: you had cancer?
0: Like what was um, their
1: reaction? So my little brother at the time Shoot, if I was 10, then he was 6. So I don't know if it really sets in when you're 6 years old. The Like, I don't know if you can understand what cancer is and, like, understand the, like, um, the bigger severity of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So he wasn't as affected. He just wanted – he was like, why isn't Emily home? Um, And then my older brother, who was – I was 10, he was 13 at the time. Um, I think he was really, really affected by it. Like, um, obviously he was concerned about me and just, you know, people's different personality types. He tends to freak out more than I would. So, you know, he leaned towards that and kind of started freaking out. And he was staying home with just my grandma um, and so my grandma ended up taking care of my brothers for about two years. And so it was hard on them because um, my mom stayed with me. And then my, the hospital I stayed at majority of the time was near my dad's work. So he would most of the time on his way home from work, stop and say like visit for a while and then um, go home. So my brothers didn't really get uh, a sense of parents much at all except for on the weekends when my mom would come home and my dad would would stay with me. Um, So that was probably, I mean, I know that was hard for them. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's hard for all siblings. Um, I can't really speak on the, you know, specifics on what was hard for them um, and, like, what they went through. But, you know, I can assume...
0: Yeah, I'm, not, I'm sure uh, I have two older brothers as well. And we're about the same age. Me and you are the same age. But we me and my brother, who's a year and a half older than I am, we have a closer relationship than me and my brother who is 10 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. But it definitely hit them both. I, I want to say differently. because yeah. my oldest brother was very angry, he was very upset and very angry. Like, I mean, I'm sure he was sad as well. All siblings are sad at some point, especially when they first find out what the diagnosis is and things like that. But me and and him, we kind of talked a little bit about it, but he was very angry, whereas the brother who's only a year and a half older than I am, he was a mix of emotions. He was very angry, very upset, very sad, you know, very, very scared. You could easily tell that, because he was only, let's see, I was 14, so he was 16. Okay. You know, and he was home majority of the time, I'd say about 80, 85% of the time by himself. Because we don't have, we don't have family here. And um, with my dad's work schedule, he's in and out of town every other day. Yeah. So he was, my brother was home by himself a lot of the time. That's hard. So, I mean, I'm like, jeez. So um, how long was your treatment? Did I ask you that already, how long your
1: treatment was? Yeah, Uh, like roughly around two years, but I'll I'll explain why. I mean, I, I had my, I went into the hospital, right? And so they started intrathecal chemo, so in my spine. Um, and then after that, like that, those next two weeks were kind of like chaos and up in the air. And I was in the ICU the whole time. Um, oh wow! But I I suffered a steer- series of like strokes, and then I slowly lost the ability to to lo- to move my legs at all. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, and that, honestly, that's stuck. So I can't. I'm. I I have what you would think of as a L two spinal cord injury, but it's not really as injury in the sense of, like a car crash injury. Um, yeah, but you know, it's the same. Same thing. I
0: mean. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So because of that, you can't walk, can
1: you? No, I'm. Wow. I'm a. I'm a wheelchair user, um, yeah. Wow, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the kicker that stayed with me for a while, huh? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's
0: crazy, to, you know. Because I've met a few different types of people with different diagnoses, but I think you're the first one that I've met and now talked to that has had any kind of like mobility problem now so like Mm -hmm. as in can't like motor functions can't walk can't speak can't do this or that for themselves i think you're the first person i've met that has had that thanks to cancer now yeah wow that is that's crazy and you know i have
1: with the go ahead I have, like, um, you know, some heart problems. Then pretty minor in, like, contrast to everything that could happen. Um, yeah, for and sure. I, in relation to other people, I'm, like, pretty – I'm knocking on wood right now – pretty well off <laughs> in terms of um, other side effects other than, you know, just being in a wheelchair. Um,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, I run a few – risks but overall i mean it's not i can the walk i can talk i can function by myself like yeah. wow though that's that's gonna be the kicker for me is going wow okay i i you know like i said, you're the first one i've talked to that has had some kind of dis- disability now thanks to cancer yeah. wow so well, um throw you through a loop yeah and that just uh, answered one of my questions on do you have any long-term side effects from treatment and if so what are they yeah that, that would be answers, it. answers them right there yeah <laughs> so explain your treatment a little bit for me like how many rounds of chemo and
1: radiation did you have um, yeah things like that so my first i'm gonna you know Act one was first round of intrathecal, and then they were like, oh, hold up on the on the spine chemo for a while until we can figure out what the heck happened, which they didn't figure out what the heck happened. Um, but then I think I had eight rounds uh, plus three. So, so 10, no, eight, 11. How am I in college? I don't know. Um, <laughs> eleven. That,
0: that is so me. I'm like, um, I just got that wrong. Okay, I'm wrong again. All right, how <laughs> in the world did I even graduate high school? Like,
1: <laughs> honestly, honestly, I think
0: I, I think the cancer card kind of got my <laughs> got me my diploma. <laughs>
1: um. So I had eleven rounds the first time. Um. And so then I was, you know, can't in remission. And then um, like six months later, I relapsed. And that time, I had to have uh, just two rounds of chemo and then a week of radiation where I had radiation three times a day. Um, and then I had a bone marrow transplant. Um, wow
0: my eyes just popped out of my head when you said three times a day for radiation <laughs> my goodness <laughs>
1: that was awful. that was awful because i was i would you know it was early in the damn morning and i i would sleep most of the day right um yeah. so it was like seven noon and five or some combination seven noon and three or something like something like that um and that that was painful. Oh, I'm sure I had, I believe, six
0: weeks of radiation, and oh my goodness, my body hurt so bad,
1: and the burns on my body. Like... Oh, it's like it's wild. What reactions? Like like I was yacking a lot, obviously, and then um, I got so so like real gross sores on my feet. And then, like, my mouth.
0: Yeah, and I had my hands. Mouth sores as well. Yeah. It, it, uh, um, it was not pretty. <laughs> That's for sure. No, it,
1: it was not pretty. I did not look great. Um, wild all around. Just like it's kind of a we the we- weird symptoms, you know. It is. It's really weird. But I don't know where. Oh, and then yeah, then then the bone marrow transplant which was um, from my younger brother.
0: Oh, that's cool that they yeah. could use sibling bone marrow. Yeah. Um, they, do, they, do you know if they typically do that? Yeah, they um,
1: actually do. Um, so oh when God. I was first diagnosed, they t- they tested everyone in the family because um, I think it's, I don't know if L- ALL as well, but AML leukemia, um, a lot of times a bone marrow transplant is the uh is a treatment option for that. So Yeah, that's
0: what I've heard.
1: So they tested my family, right, when I was diagnosed, and they have like a scale of how well um you know, the match is like me and um my family member and me and my little brother were a 10 out of 10 match, so he was the one to go. Wow, that's great. Yeah.
0: So I don't know much about bone marrow transplants. So you'll be educating me a little bit. Um, I was, I had 5% in my bone marrow. I had a solid tumor and I had 5% in my bone marrow. So uh, thankfully only needed a biopsy, didn't end up needing a transplant. But what was your transplant like? And
1: are there any different like types of transplants? Yeah, so... You know, it's called a bone marrow transplant. But when people think transplant, they think like big surgery, right? And like you're putting in a lung or something. Um, But bone marrow is a bit different. So basically what they did is, so my little brother went into a procedure. It was a really low-key procedure. He was in and out in one day, not even a day, a night stayed. Um, But they went in to his what is it called? I don't remember the name of the procedure. I used to, but they basically go into the, your spine and into your bone marrow. Um, and that's where all your white blood cells are produced and stuff. Um, and they take us a lot, a sizable sample of, I think it was like a two, it was a lot of blood from my little brother. Um, They took a huge sample of his bone marrow, which when said and done, it just looks like blood, but it's, um, I want to say it's like concentrated blood. So it's blood and, you know, I could be a hundred percent wrong on this because I do not know bio at all. I only know what I've done. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, (laughs) but. What I, my understanding, it's like the bone marrow is like blood before it's like fully blood, you know, like it's, so it's like a thicker thing. And so basically I just had a blood transfusion, um, but that was bone marrow and that was the whole thing. They just had to kill a hundred percent of my white blood cell count before then. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, I had nothing left of me. Oh, wow. So you're basically your brother. Yeah, all my white blood cells. And I think my... Yeah, it's all my brother right now. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Um,
0: So with having a cancer, um, did... You kind of touched on this already a little bit. Did you receive all of your treatment at your local hospital? Or were you later referred to st jude
1: okay so actually the first like act one of my treatment before i had the relapse um i finished my 11 rounds of chemo and i was looking good and i think st jude was talking to the hot my local hospital um stanford children's and they wanted to do this um i don't know it was like a test it was like an experimental um Uh, treatment uh, where they took um, my mother's natural killer T cells and so similar to a bone marrow transplant um, but they took like specific cells that attack um, unknown things in your body that my killer T cells had been accustomed to the cancer Um, But they tried using her killer teas because they wouldn't be accustomed to the cancer. So that was basically a transfusion. Um, I had a round of chemo when I was at um, uh, St. Jude. Um, But it was honestly like like a, a chemo vacation because it was a super light dose. So I had almost no side effects and then receiving my mom's natural my her killer's t cells was basically just like a blood transfusion so i just kind of had like a a weird vacation like treatment and i stayed in um memphis for like a month honestly uh, only positive um experiences at st jude cuz you know i wasn't really hurting and the treatment wasn't bad like I wasn't in any pain um it ended up not working obviously because I had relapse but I like in this sounds weird but I enjoyed myself at um (laughs) St. Jude because just like looking at Lucille Packard and I mean Stanford Children's is like a great hospital but St. Jude as you know just like does it different you know
0: yeah, that is very true. They're just on so,
1: another.
0: Um, yeah, they are on another another different type of level. Uh, I guess it's what happens when you have every single thing like right there at your yeah. fingertips. But um, so, like, weird question, but if you remember, because you were ten and that was eleven years ago. But like, is St. Jude? They do a bunch of different type of activities throughout Mm -hmm. the year so like especially during the holidays so like what type of time of year were you there and like if did you participate in any fun activities while you were at St. Jude I know you were there a short period of time
1: yeah I was actually there from Thanksgiving till two days before Christmas so I got the holiday season all the way um so, I probably had like five Thanksgiving meals because wow. every, they were just, you know, like I was at, um, what was it, the Bear House or something? The Grizzly House? Something?
0: Yeah, the Grizzly House. Grizzly yeah. House.
1: And so they had, um, Thanksgiving dinner. And then I went to the Ronald McDonald House and they had Thanksgiving dinner. And the hospital also had Thanksgiving dinner. So everyone was just like trying to <laughs> get this Thanksgiving dinner. And I had like five. Um, and then wow. I, it, and then I was like, okay, enough, damn Thanksgiving. And then they had this, I don't know if you are familiar with the show, but I used to watch it cause like, you know, I was watching so much TV when I was inpatient, um, but it was Orange County Sh- Chopper. It was on Discovery and it was about like this family, like the son and um, father that like made motorcycles, like choppers. Yeah. He was there and doing some like, bit. he like made a motorcycle for St. Jude. And, um, had this, like, Christmas thing, and, like, he was giving presents to kids. Um, That was
0: so cool. I've seen the show before, so I know who you're talking about, and I'm like, dude, to meet
1: him? That would be awesome. I didn't get to meet him, but I saw him. Yeah, I know. I I saw him talking, (laughs) but at the time, I didn't really know who he was. Like, I was vaguely familiar with him. But, so I saw that, um... And, like, in, Sa- in Ron McDonald, they just did a, a ton of Christmas things. Um, like, you know, uh, what is it called? Decorating? Gingerbread tree decorating and um, different holiday things. They had, like, a holiday, kind of like a yard sale where, like, people from the outside came and had, like, a big sale of Christmassy things so you could decorate your room. Um just a like a bunch of fun stuff was always happening at Ron McDonald.
0: That is so cool. So uh, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, no more Thanksgiving for me. Like done. <laughs> I'm done. Let's see. Let's see what else I can find. Because honestly, I uh, kind of threw questions together last minute. So um, okay, I, I have guess. a question
1: for you. Since I don't talk to many like cancer survivors um yeah so did you not eat for a while like I'm assuming most people like just didn't eat
0: yep so I had a I had a hard time with like actually eating because my radiation was to my neck and face oh so I had a lot of mucus and like like we said the mouth sores and just a bunch of like no fun stuff that made it very hard to swallow you know so are yeah. very very hard and very painful to swallow and then um i because of the treatment to my neck i had burns on the inside of my throat too so swallowing any type of like drink it felt very acidic mm-hmm. so that was not fun um and then too like just because my treatment was so long i just didn't I wasn't hungry you know my body yeah. was so yeah. just done so yeah I didn't eat for a while so they had to put me on nutrients on like IV nutrients yeah same so yeah
1: all the fun little all the
0: things, fun things that
1: come along with it um so I remember the first time around I just wasn't eating because chemo and like nothing, you know, It, not, your taste buds go away and everything's yep. gross. And you don't
0: taste like metal.
1: Yeah. Um. But the first thing I ate after not eating for legitimately probably two months. I had Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your stomach
1: loved that. Yeah. I had like a taco and then I was like, all right, that's enough for me. <laughs> um, but do you remember the first thing you ate?
0: Um, not necessarily because like I would try to eat here and there, but I remember a lot of one thing stuck the most was, um, I was in the school program at St. Jude. Mm -hmm. So whenever I went down for school and really anytime, but mostly during school, I would eat, I would take any Sour Patch Kid, but the yellow one, I did not ever eat the yellow one. And then, um, I would eat a few. I'd probably eat maybe three to five, and then uh, I would go to Starbucks as well and get a caramel frappuccino, and wash it down with a caramel frappuccino. Nice, very I, very sour sweet type.
1: Yeah. yeah, I I put hot sauce on damn everything, because <laughs> um, that that was kind of like the only thing I could taste. Yeah, at that time, so everything had hot sauce and I don't know, like even still, I really like spicy things mm-hmm. and my, my, my tongue, like my, my palate changed where I don't, I didn't like sweet things anymore. Um, and I still kind of had, that's semi-true for me still. Like I don't, I like savory more than sweet and I don't think that was true before my treatment.
0: That's fair. I think now I'm more sweet over salty, or like I
1: like to mix the two. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I, I yeah. Just I remember being weird with, like, really strange with food. And like, the same when way. I, when I was eating, I would only eat like a se like a five things. There was only five things that I was eating. It was like fishy crackers. Um, what was what cinnamon toast crunch? these chicken verde burritos from Trader Joe's <laughs> and smoothies. And that was like all I was eating for a good month. And that was yeah. when I was actually hungry. Um, Just really, really strange. Kind of like the weird symptom or not really symptoms, but like side effects, I guess, that you really don't expect.
0: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think – a lot of kids go through the fishy cracker phase. Because <laughs> I remember. I remember. Oh yeah, there were so many times that we were go- that we were either in the hospital or going somewhere or something. We had to have some goldfish because I was like, nope, snack. I'm hungry. Give me some goldfish. Yeah. You anyway, I see either that or um, I see, uh, Nutella. I see a lot of Nutella as well. Huh. I'm like, man. Yeah, there was one time I was in treatment, and I don't remember if it was right at the beginning or in the middle, but um, I saw this one little boy. He had to be maybe four or five years old at the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know, if, he was three to five maybe. and Oh, yeah, he had a big, fat jar of Nutella and just <laughs> eating it. I mean, and he was probably halfway through that jar. I was like... <laughs> Oh, your mom's, you. your, your mom's not gonna love you for it but
1: hey you're eating so yeah it was like the hey you're eating that's okay eat whatever the hell you want get fat yep. it, yeah it was like fatten you up because i know that it your next treatment you're not gonna eat so eat whatever the hell you want yep that is it exactly yeah it's it's yeah it's interesting because like um yeah i don't i haven't spoken with a lot of like cancer survivors, it's gone through kind of what I've gone through. I've more, because I have like the lasting, I'm in a wheelchair, I've more talked to people with disabilities, right, and understand like what they're going through because like, you know, it's happening now. But it's it's interesting to talk to people that went through kind of a similar or comparable um, period of time as I have.
0: I'm the same way. I hate to say it but I kind of steer away from cancer survivors, if that makes any sense. Because I can not that I feel like I can't understand them or they can't understand me, but a lot of them have it a lot worse than I do. I mm-hmm. like, my life now is definitely not the most miraculous, you know, the most beautiful thing in the world because I do have side effects from treatment. But... I mean, I'm able to walk on my own. I'm able to do, I'm able to work a very, very minimal part time job. But still, I'm able to go out and function on my own at 21. Then some, you know, can do probably the rest of their life. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, well, that and then too, like, I don't want to feel like I'm bragging in a way. Yeah. You know?
1: Because i know it, what you're saying. so it's just it's difficult you know because it's you get it's a thing where it's like you know everyone's dealt this shitty this shitty card and some get dealt a shittier card right and yeah. like a it's not a it's like a survivor's guilt almost where yeah, that's exactly. I, didn't get, I didn't get fucked as bad as you so i feel a little bit guilty about that yeah um yeah but i can understand that and also like for me, I don't like, I don't like being like the victim of anything. Agreed. Yeah, oh, I agree. That's just the worst, you know. Like if people are pitying me, that's not where I want to be. I agree, one hundred percent. So yeah, I, I I yeah, I totally get the not wanting to play into it.
0: Let me just start this oh, one. um, I started mostly because I well, for the past maybe three to six months, I've wanted to. i wanted to do something because, like, I feel like I was given a story for a reason. You yeah. Know? Um, and then I know, too, like, a lot of people have similar circumstances or mm-hmm. something close to it, you know. Or, if, like we said, if not worse. Yeah. Um, so, and then, too, with September being childhood cancer awareness month i was like let's see kind of how many people we can talk to and kinda
1: mm-hmm.
0: get you know more awareness out there because there's yeah. not enough out there there's
1: not 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 at all like a lot of people even grown-ups are like oh, i didn't even realize kids could get cancer
0: yep or that kids could get yep. it kids could be born with it you know so it's not like, like you turn ten years old, or for me, fourteen years old. Oh, okay. Well, let's go get screened for any type of childhood cancer.
1: Well, for starters, there is no screening. Yeah. You know, but and like you, you didn't have it when you were ten, but then you know, fourteen came along and things changed. Yep. Yeah. Um, how many years uh remission are you in?
0: I am five years as of like June, I believe. So I am five years intermission, and they just moved me over to after treatment clinic at St. Jude.
1: That's exciting. I remember like the five years is like a big, a big benchmark because you stop. They stopped for me at least. They um, you know. I don't know about you, but for I had to, you know, we go in to get tested every two weeks or every week and then every other week and then every two weeks and then, you know, every month and then it goes on and on. And then five years, the five-year mark was like the big mark where it's like, we kind of only need to see you once a year.
0: Wow, that's crazy that they tested you like that so often. I was... I want to say every three months, every six months, nine months, um, and then yearly. So, I just hit yearly for my scans and, like, blood work, things like that. Wow, that is crazy that they did that weekly. How long did that last?
1: Um, so, I was – so, after I was discharged and I was, I was living in um, – Oh, what was it? The Ron McDonald house near Stanford Children's for about a month. Um, and when I was living there, like my residency there, I, I went in twice a week to get my blood work done because I still needed, um, not only were they testing for, you know, my white blood cell count, but also how my blood was doing. Because like right, right after that, it was kind of nothing. Right. Um, they had killed all my blood and were replacing it. So I needed new blood sometimes. Like I needed my red blood or, you know, whatever, platelets, some, something I always needed updating it. Um, so I always went in for that. Sometimes I needed fluids. Sometimes I needed whatever. Um, yeah, they're just, they were just testing to make sure everything was okay because I was constantly changing. And then... Um, yeah, and I think every – how often it was that I had a um, biopsy where they, like, took my bone marrow, but it was fairly often. Um, but they they don't have to do that anymore. I only go in for a once-a-year blood test, and then um, they look at me and say, well, you're doing fine.
0: <laughs> well, that's great. Um just a couple more questions uh so we've talked we've talked on side effects from treatment mm-hmm. but now as a young adult can you kind of give us a glimpse into your day-to-day life like i know you said you're in college and you know it's different yeah. you know it's a little difficult with you know being in a wheelchair so it's
1: just kind of like what's it like trying to navigate all that yeah so um I'm so college hasn't started yet, but I'm going to give you like the day that if I am going to college, right? Um, so I would probably, you know, I just get up and I've kind of learned how to do everything in a wheelchair now. So it, uh, I don't have, you know, how you don't really have to think to walk. It's like that. Everything's muscle memory and I'm just doing whatever. So I'm just getting up and getting ready. And then I'll get in my car and drive to school. And go to my classes and uh probably make some models in studio or sketch some I don't know what and then go, you know, just go through classes, then come home, um, hang out, do homework. Not a very exciting, but then on the weekends, you know, I'll have fun and I'll I'll, I'll go to the bars or something or if my friends are doing anything, I'll go to their house or, you know, go on a – I say hike, but, you know, I'm not hiking actually. <laughs> but, you know, things like that with, like, accessible trails and whatever. I like being outside a lot. Um, yeah. I I actually – I'm really looking forward to it. But in the winter, I um, – I ski, so I do this like, it's called a, what is it called? A sit ski, it's called a sit ski, obviously. That's a no brainer. But um, yeah, so I do that in the in the winter up at Shaver Lake area, China Peak. Um, I don't know, I just try to, I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty boring and normal. <laughs> hey,
0: normal's good when you're ca- cancer survivors. Yeah, but um so I'm gonna yeah. ask a dumb question that I probably should know the answer to. But how do you drive when you can't walk? Yeah.
1: Um. So obviously, I'm not using my legs. So I have a car souped up for me, where I can get in easily and throw my chair in the back. Um. And so on my right side, instead of, you know, gas and brake, I just have a, a lever that's like by on the same height as my knee. And so I'll hold that and I push forward for gas, uh, sorry, for brake and I pull back for gas. And then on my steering wheel, since I'm only using one hand, I have it's basically like a doorknob that's attached to it um, that just allows me to like move the steering wheel um like 360 with one hand and wow,
0: uh that, that's very cool wow it's crazy how i don't want to say technology but like just things are just a adapt- yeah i was like life has adapted mm-hmm. you know over the years i feel like i should have known that and i feel like i did know that but you know chemo brain right yeah five still have the memory loss man So last question, just to wrap things up, you know, is there anything you want to add or tell other teens or young adults going through cancer treatment now or that have just finished and kind of new to the whole survivorship thing and are finding new lifelong side effects, you know, things like that to kind of make it easier on them or like give them a piece of
1: advice? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a sugar coder, but um, I understand that shit sucks. Right. And life sucks, but you can make it whatever you want to make it. Right. So if you're if you're thinking life sucks, then life's going to suck for you. But if you're thinking that life doesn't suck so much all the time, then it's not going to suck so much all the time for you. So it's really what you make it. And you're gonna be dealt shitty hands no matter what, so um, you gotta you gotta work past that. I'm I know right. that's it's, way easier said than done.
0: That that is true. It is, but um, hey, you
1: gotta but do it, right? You gotta buck up. That's all. It's I, like Hannah Montana
0: says. Sorry to be cheesy and quote Hannah Montana, but lives what you make it? So,
1: yep. <laughs> gotta love Miley Cyrus.
0: Oh yes, she is a queen.
1: I was really count- but, when I was in when I was at a uh, St. Jude. I was like, I just want Miley Cyrus to come.
0: Dude, that would have been so cool. That would
1: have been so cool. I, like, wow, she's an icon. But so that yeah, that's- I mean,
0: like, I'll admit, I'm a pretty big country music fan. So I had to meet like, I mean, my life was made. Because of St. Jude because I got to hang out with Luke Bryan, like personally for like no way. an hour. Yes, I have a selfie with him. And Stop. I literally oh. treasure it. And oh. then um shortly after or not shortly, not too long ago, maybe a year, year and a half ago, um, a bunch of other country music artists, like who came? Um, Florida Georgia Line. Oh, my God. Uh, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan Wallen, which I nearly cried over. Um, uh, Dan and Shay, Hardy, and um, somebody else. I cannot remember who, though. Well wow. uh, All came and did, like, a private concert. So, and me and a friend were literally, like, two feet from Morgan Wallen and Florida Georgia Line. That's so, insane. Uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. I have like videos of all them singing. Okay, a girl's okay, gonna, gonna like, go home
1: gonna right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, I was like a girl's gonna go home and cry about this. Like my my life has been made. Thank you, Saint Jude. That's insane.
1: Oh my God, what was your Make a Wish? Did you have a Make a Wish?
0: So, to me, in my opinion, Make Make a Wish is an amazing organization, but mm-hmm. it's also pretty jacked up because here's why I say that, Um, like I said, it's an amazing organization, but I had other medical problems prior to cancer. Mm -hmm. So I had a dream from dreams and wishes of Tennessee, which is like a smaller organization. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I had that in 2011. And because of that, I didn't qualify for make a wish when I got my cancer diagnosis. Oh
1: damn.
0: Yeah. So like I said, it's an amazing organization. They do wonderful things. I'm never gonna knock on them for that. But I think some of their regulations need to be rewritten. Yeah. Because I mean and I didn't mind because I mean I was fourteen and about to be fifteen when I do mm-hmm. you have a six year old that wants to go to Disney World or Disneyland, but can't because of something else before their cancer yeah. or whatever diagnosis, they don't understand that. You know? Yeah. So that sucks. You know, it sucks. It's so wrong to me, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't really know much on that side because, you know, but. um. Did yeah, you that- get one? I did. I I was, you know, ten and I, I went to Disney World.
0: Hey of course. still getting, you know, something. Yeah. Doing something. I feel like a lot of people a lot of people, especially with siblings and like families, I feel like a lot of people pick theme parks or like Disney World, something like that. Which I mean yeah. hey, it's still a pretty cool place. So I mean Yeah. Well hey, it was nice chatting with you and yeah, let's was, definitely let's definitely keep in touch.
1: Of course, of course. This was this is great. Um I really wish you luck on uh you know, the other podcast you're doing and in college and everything. So um yeah, it, I had a great time talking with you.
0: Thank you. Me as well. And I wish you just the same. You know, I hope that your last year goes great and I wish you well in life as well. Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right. I hope um, I
0: did yeah.